You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. What I want to do now is I want to teach you uh, the, the benefit of the Word of God in slaying the sin and also why we should try to, to, to put it in our hearts again, maybe not the exact, but just, just the, the concepts of understanding that where you can pull from uh, when, you are being, um, when, when you're being tempted with sin. When you consider all of the symbols that the Bible uses literally to describe itself. It's called a light, it's called a hammer, a fire, a rock, mirror, milk, seed, and water. Uh, Each highlights a unique characteristic of God's Word, but I would say probably the most uh, memorable metaphor for me is the Bible as a sword. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now turn turn to Hebrews 4, please. Hebrews chapter 4. God's Word is sharp. God's Word is like, it's like a sword. It's able to penetrate uh, effectively through thick layers of sin. It's able to penetrate through thick layers of hypocrisy. Hebrews 4. It can slice through the soul and spirit. It can lay bare the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. Look what it says in verse number 12 of Hebrews 4. For the Word of God is quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the Word of God, it serves a dual purpose in, in battle. Certainly it deflects the blows from the enemy when Satan does send these fiery darts and things like that. You use, you use the Word of God but it also can inflict wounds. So it's used as a defensive uh, mechanism as well as an offensive. Uh, as you handle God's Word and as you experience more of its power, which means you and I, are, we're going to have to put the time in. We're going to have to dive into Scripture. And in, I'm not saying this about you, but in, many, in much of our culture, people rely on the one that is speaking to them. And rightfully so, in a sense, you are here and you're coming under the, uh, of the sound of the taught and preached Word, and I have the privilege of my vocation, so to speak, being studying the Word. But that does not negate your responsibility to be able to be very crafty with the Word because you're the one that's going to go into your everyday life. And I don't go hand-in-hand hand with you there, and uh, nor am I even uh, the one that can fight it off for you. And so the more you handle God's Word, the more you experience its power, you're going to become more skillful and you're going to become more confident in defeating these things. Hebrews 5.14, But strong men belong to, strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, the more you start, I mean, I'm going to read it here in a moment uh, in my notes, talking about, you know, the, the desire, you know, babe's desire, the sincere milk of the word. But when you begin to get past the milk 
and you begin to dive deep and you begin to learn things, you're going to become more crafty. You're going to become more confident with the defensive and offensive tool that God has given you to slay your sin. And so uh, carve out time. We make time for what is important to us. You know that's true. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, um, you know, Sarah loves when I do this. I invite the entire church to our uh, Super Bowl gathering next Sunday. Okay? But I'll make time for that. Why? Because I want to watch it. But will we make time for other things? And the most important things would be the spiritual things. And so the Bi- often in the Bible, uh, the word of God, the sword is symbolized as execution. Uh, you, uh, you know, Peter, he cuts off the, uh, the ear of, you know, uh, you know, they're getting ready to come arrest uh, Jesus and, you know, cuts off the ear of the soldier and, you know, Jesus is like, ah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. he puts the ear back on. I mean, that's amazing. Right there, I would have stopped arresting him, but not these people. You know, they just kept going on. But Jesus says, he says, even those by, who by reason of use have their, I'm sorry, wrong verse. It says here, put up again the sword into this place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Romans 13 says, For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. And so uh, the, the, the sword is in, in Scripture is an instrument of death. Uh, often before there was... Uh, you know, but before there was the electric chair, gas chamber, lethal injection, you know, that's been a hot topic this week, as it should be, uh, the sanctity of life. And in uh, New York, they are now literally, literally as up, right up to birth, able to inject that baby uh, and, to, uh, and to kill it. If you haven't heard about that, you got to look into the news and um, it, it's a horrendous thing. But prior to those things, they would use a sword. That's how they would... Uh, that's how they would kill. And so the imagery of a sword is very powerful. And so if you want to carry out the death sentence, so to speak, of your sin, you're going to need God's help. You're going to need to lay aside our inadequate human uh, weapons. We're going to take up God's mighty sword. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10. What we must realize is that there are physical temptations, meaning it's right there in front of you. There's going to be a temptation for some form of um, illicit, sinful thing. That temptation is going to be there. And obviously... There are ways, you know, you can turn your eyes, you can, you, you, can, you can choose to walk away, you can do those different types of things. But there's also, a, there's also a spiritual realm to this. To where there's nothing in your physical world that is in and of itself telling you to sin, telling you that there's nothing coming across your screen. There's nothing coming across your eye gate. There's nothing coming across your ear gate. There's no music. There's nothing going on. And you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you get blindsided by a thought. And nothing, nothing physically 
sparked that. So as a man, I tend to go to things that I, I think all struggle with this, but men tend to go, you know, often it's like just sexual and impure things. But, I mean, you could be sitting there, and as a man that is very happily married to my wife, to where nothing is in front of me, nothing is coming into my ear gate, and then all of a sudden, like, whoa, where did that thought come from? That's the whole fiery dark concept. When you, when you, when you, when you begin to study it, it's like Satan is just like, man, I'm going to, Jesus even told Peter, that Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He's going to cause some riddle. Uh, the sifting. He's going to mess with your mind. A lot of times it happens when the lights go out, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. I mean, you just start, you just start thinking about things. And so listen, you've got, you've got the physical realm. If you're struggling with some certain things, take some evaluation. You're like, all right, I'm not going to feed this flesh anymore. I'm not going to make a provision for this physical side. But there's also a spiritual side to this. Look at verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, 4, and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Or in other words, necessarily what, you know, it's not, you're not going to just pick up a gun, so to speak. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so there is this spiritual realm to this. And it's, it, it, it's the Word of God. So when you remember that the battle is a spiritual one, and that the only way that you are going to be able to kill sin is by the Spirit, and the, the Word of God you know, is, is, is the Spirit. And we, we looked at this verse already, Romans 8.13, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And so God's Word is sufficient to the task. It is the greatest spiritual resource. Listen to me. The best resource you have in the Christian life that you can slay your sin with. But there's going to have to take some honest evaluation of ourselves. Where are, we, where are we inclined to sin? Where you're inclined to sin might be different than me, and certainly where I'm inclined to sin might be different from you. And so you take an evaluation of your life, and you say, okay, I struggle in this area, I struggle in this area, and then you begin to dive into Scripture, you begin to find, I mean, in the Internet age, the world where you, I mean, you can find verses, uh, you don't necessarily have to have a concordance anymore, you can find it so quickly. It's so readily at our fingertips. And I think sometimes it has actually caused us to be less of, uh, you know, a student of the Word because we're just it's so, so easy, it's just, we so easily come by the information. And sometimes when we are determined, oh, I'm going to get into the Word, and you find certain Scriptures to help uh, with that. I, I apologize. I told you I was going to print something off for you today, and I didn't. Uh, please uh, please forgive me with that, but I have that list of put on and put off. I'll, uh, I'll remember that for, uh, for next week. And so, the Word of God is what we need. Since God word, God's Word is the single most powerful weapon you possess, to neglect it or ignore it, William Gurnall says is absurd. Let me read a quote from uh, the book, The Christian in Complete Armor. He says, a pilot without his chart 
A scholar without his book and a soldier without his sword are alike ridiculous. But above all these, it is absurd for one to think of being a Christian without knowledge of the Word of God and some skill to use this weapon. We've got, we've got to learn. We're going to continue to be defeated over and over and over again by besetting sins, by fiery darts that come our way if we don't begin to understand how to use the Word of God. When you consider the central role that God's Word plays in the life of the godly, turn to Psalm 1, please. Psalm chapter 1. He, he begins his book of worship by contrasting the godly man with the ungodly. What, what set them apart? Well, verse 1, we, we start with the godly. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You continue to go on, and it talks about the ungodly. But the godly is a man or woman that is, that is in the Word, that is learning how to use it in a, in a crafty fashion. Thank you for being here. I'm trying, to help, uh, I'm trying to help you, as I'm trying to really even help myself as well, to, to, to slay these sins. It starts, with our, it starts with our standing in Christ. It starts with our understanding that we're not a victim, that we are a victor. And that as we move through this, that we don't make provision, that's kind of a lot of the, the physical side of things. You can actually control some of that. But this is more the spiritual side of it. And that is understanding and getting the Word of God. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, please. Some familiar verses from the Psalm of David. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? Psalm 119, verse 9. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Will not let me wander from thy commandments, the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Does that describe our lives? Does it describe our lives? Are we like the psalmist said in Psalm 1, are we firmly planted? Is our way becoming pure because of the Word of God? Delighting in it, meditating upon it, treasuring up, keeping God's Word are what separate those who are killing sin from those who are being killed by it. It's literally uh, one of the dividing lines of this. No believer has an excuse not to knowing and understanding God's Word because every believer has God and the Holy Spirit who's, of course, the author of the Word, uh, the divine teacher, He's within us and He can teach us. Our only task is to submit to His instruction by studying the Word with sincerity and commitment. We cannot plead ignorance or inability. Can't do it. Only disinterest and neglect. Let me say that again. 
We cannot plead ignorance or inability. You're a brand new believer? Yes, okay. Hey, let's grow in this. But we're seasoned. We've, we, we've been a believer for a great length of time. Listen, we can only say it's a disinterest or neglect. You cannot escape the New Testament's various charges to be saturating your mind with the Word. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 1 Peter 2.2, I reference this as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. James 1.21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, the Word of God, which is what saved our souls. So only Scripture is the one that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, Paul tells us. Uh, it is a hammer that smashes rocky, stony, hard hearts. It's a fire, the Bible says, that purifies. It separates, purifies us. It's beautiful. Unleash Scripture on your sin. Find out where you're losing and then get the proper, it's, um, it, it, it's neat. There's, there's like a word picture of, um, of different types of swords uh, in, in Scripture. But there's the, uh, the, the, there's the sword of like, kind of like a little stiletto, but the ra'ama. Or the, I don't know if I said that correctly, but it's like, like specific, like specific words. It's great to know the Bible, but when you have specific words, specific verses, specific application points that you can go and attack your specific areas that you struggle in. Someone that is in their 80s and in their 90s, okay, is probably not going to be struggling with some of the same things that 20s and 30 year olds are struggling with. But they're struggling with something. And they need what they need. And I need what I need. And so let's get in and let's, uh, let's get specific ramas. Let's get specific words, specific verses of the word, of the sword, like a little stiletto of a knife, so we can cut at the specific areas that you and I are struggling with. Unleash the Scriptures. David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Well, Hebrews 4 tells us that the Word of God can know all those things. It divides. It cuts through hypocrisy, all kinds of stuff. It knows right where you're at. And that's why you can be reading a chapter of Scripture one year and like five years later, you read it again and it's like, whoa, you didn't need that five years ago. But you needed it now. And all of a sudden, a verse that just meant nothing to you I don't mean to say the word doesn't mean anything, but I think you follow the train of thought. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God says, boop, Ryan, that's the exact word you needed today. But we got to get in the book. Ah, I'm busy. Got to get in the book. Ah, I don't understand it. Got to get in the book. Ask the illuminator, the Holy Spirit of God, to teach you at the level that you are at what you need. Or we can just be like, yeah. Read your Bible, pray every day. I don't need that stuff, Ryan. And continue to be defeated over and over and over again with our sin. I'm not trying to belittle us, but we can't have a ho-hum attitude. 
when it comes to the Word of God. So fill your mind with Scripture, church. It's the most powerful measure you can take against the indwelling sin. It'll help you to behold the beauties of Christ, Philippians 2. Consider the horrors of hell. It's so real, Matthew 5. It can set your sights on heaven, Colossians 2 and 3 and 2 Timothy 4. Cultivate a hatred for sin, Hebrews 3. Understand the will of God, Ephesians 5. Recall God's promises of deliverance, Psalm 46. So let God's word fill, enrich, and renew and control your thinking. Or, I keep doing that, or let sin. Let the word of God renew you and enrich you and change your life. Or, we'll continue to allow sin to wreak havoc on our lives, on our display of Christ to a world around us where we are of null effect and ultimately brings about death. And so my prayer is that we will take the Word of God and we will take it so, so seriously. Evaluate your life. Evaluate where you're struggling. If you need help, send an email, send a text. Hey, I'm struggling with these. be happy to try to help you. Here, here, here are some passages. Here are some verses. Commit those to memory. Commit the ideas, the thoughts to memory so that you can use in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord.